Ever wonder how a Comic-Con comes together? Here are two guys that know because it's what they do every day. It's the Con Men Podcast. Now for another mediocre podcast attempt, it's Greg Adams and Puff. It is the Con Men Podcast. We are, uh, I guess, how do you want to, we talked about this before, are we officially a podcast of GeekCon? Yeah, of course we are. I mean, uh, uh, the podcast division of GeekCon Shreveport's Comic Con. It's Greg Adams here and Pop over there. Uh, we are, I mean... We are GeekCon. We also happen to be uh, the personalities on this podcast. Yeah, I, I wasn't going to say we are GeekCon, although that's what wanted to come to mind, because there's a whole bunch of other people that work on this. Uh, it's just we're the two schmucks that do, like, the daily stuff. Everything. We're basically the custodians. We're the janitors. We're the heart. They're the limbs. And and the phalanges. I thought that was me. I thought I was a phalange. <laughs> Uh, okay, so we are a podcast that is basically talking about what it's like to run a Comic-Con behind the scenes, and we also talk about uh, various other aspects of geekdom. Like today, I think we're going to talk about comic book spinoffs. Is that what? Adaptations. Like adaptations. movies, TV shows, cartoons, whatever. Which I hope you're not going to make me do a list because I haven't even started it, so I'm going to need the parameters and rules before we can do a list. This is just our favorite stuff. It doesn't have to be a set number. Still going to need to do a list. Oh, so. you psychopath. I Someone know. get this man. So, But that actually goes to what we always talk about, the fact that we are a, uh, a podcast that is about putting together a Comic-Con behind the scenes. Um, and, and the fact that it does take a lot of effort, it does take a lot of spreadsheets, it does take a lot of budgets, it does take a lot of attention to detail. Uh, if you don't have attention to detail, you know, there are probably some, it's, it's like, let's do a sports reference. There are probably some comic con events out there who are like a Brett Favre. They may not pay attention to every detail. They may just have incredible talent. Maybe a deep pockets is the equivalent to a great arm. And they're going to throw some interceptions, but they're going to score more touchdowns than anything. Then there are some who are meticulous, like Tom Brady, who are going to pick apart everything that the other team does. They may not have the physical gifts of someone else, but they're going to work harder than everybody else. Maybe Drew Brees is a good example of that, too. He's short, but he does the work. I just lost everybody. It was nothing about football, didn't I? Yeah. um, I don't even know what you're talking about, and I'm I'm, sitting here in the room looking in your eyes. What I'm saying is... That if you're going to put together a Comic-Con type event, attention to detail is paramount unless you just have some otherworldly talents to be able to throw something together like a Tasmanian devil. Put in the work, put in the the spreadsheets, do like, I don't know. I guess I'm just saying I'm coming up with an excuse for why I have 19 spreadsheets for just our guest list. Uh, Because you're a psychopath. Okay, there you go. So usually we talk about one of the aspects of putting together a Comic-Con. For the past couple of weeks, we've talked about um, panel room adjustments and the layout and the guest lineup and sponsorships and tickets. And we can talk about all those over and over and over again because there's so much to talk about with each individual one uh, that, that we could fill an hour every week on just the guest lineup. We could probably do an hour a week for an entire year. Oh, God. We could talk about sacrifices, which is a big part of this business, whether it's your time or making the sacrifices here to pay for this thing. I mean, that there's, there's actually, so many various 
subjects that involved in this that comes uh, into one of these things that I have. Huh. Um, the the sacrifice thing. We'll we'll get to it. Uh, I'll point it out when we get there. Uh, but today, instead of having like a set topic. We've been getting a bunch of questions over the last few weeks. And yeah, by the yeah, way, yeah. Uh, thank you to all the new listeners. Yeah, we got a little spike. A little we, spike. Apparently, your idea to make a uh, podcast-exclusive guest announcement really led to a bunch of people finding us and downloading us. Hey, uh, Mr. Spreadsheet Guy, why don't you let Brett Favre over here th- sling a few passes every See, once in a while? See, you did understand the reference. <laughs> you liar. Uh, but yes, last week on the podcast, we did announce that Ming Chen will be coming to our event, GeekedCon, uh, this August, Shreveport, Louisiana. If you want uh, info on that, you can find us at geekcon.com. Hey, Greg, uh, today's Wednesday. We already, we're making a guest announcement today. We might as well just tell the people. I don't know when this will post. Yeah, but, but you know... There's a chance someone might find out early, but overall, they're going to find out with the rest of the people. Okay, that's fine. Uh, do you want to do it on, on this one, or you want me to? I honestly forgot who's on the schedule today, okay. so you're going to have to do it. So the guest announcement that may have already been made, depending on when you're listening to this, you might be getting the uh, advanced knowledge. Uh, Peter Fascinelli will be coming to GeekCon oh, 2020. Guy. Yes, not just Twilight, though. Uh, he, he was the father... Uh, the the doctor in Twilight, in all of the Twilight movies. Uh, but he was also in Nurse Jackie, where he played a doctor. Uh, the movie Can't Hardly Wait. I was about to say, my favorite teenage party movie ever, Can't Hardly Wait. Can't Hardly Wait's your favorite out of all of them? Oh, Seth Green, uh, Jennifer Love uh, Hewitt. I almost said her uh, inappropriate nickname. Um, this guy, I mean, it's just so awesome. Out of all of them, that's okay. You know what? Let's not get sidetracked here. Uh, he was also in Supergirl, the TV show where he played Maxwell Lord. Yep. Uh, Peter Fascinelli's got a ton more. He's he's got a very very deep resume. Uh, you can check out uh, all of Peter Fascinelli's IMDb's and Wikipedia's and everything to see everything how deep his resume goes. But he will be coming to GeekCon 2020 this august uh downtown shreveport and he joins ming chen Mm -hmm. from amc's comic book men lexi rabe morgan stark from avengers endgame and christopher mcdonald shooter mcgavin from happy gilmore along with you know a bunch of other stuff we talk about how deep peter fascinelli's resume is uh christopher mcdonald's also got an equally as impressive resume and we're just scratching the surface we're like not even a quarter of the way into our 2020 guest lineup yet so it's gonna be a big year yeah, I, I, I said this a couple of weeks ago when you said pick your favorite geek con year and I picked 2020 and you went, oh, that's such a cheap answer. I meant it because I am it was, stoked. It was, a, it was a very cheap answer. I am stoked for this year. I have no doubt it's going to be my favorite year. Uh, all the guests that we have lined up are amazing. And you, my friends, are just getting the tip of the iceberg. We've got tons of announcements to make, uh, probably more than are listed on the website for those playing at home. So, uh I'm pumped. Yeah, that transparency on the website is something that we're doing different this year. Uh, but we've covered that in a podcast before, which brings me to uh, what we're going to do. We're going to answer some questions that we've received over the last couple of weeks. A lot of these came in. We're probably not going to get to all of them. Uh, but we had a lot of questions that came in after last week's podcast because people went and found all of the podcasts, like all the archives, downloaded them all, listened, started sending a bunch of questions. Um so we're going to pick some of these questions, and we're going to go through and answer them, and, and that'll be our topic for today. I'm here for it. Let's do it. 
All right, so the first one actually plays into sort of what we were just talking about. Uh, one of the questions we got is, if you make all of the guest announcements together in a clump, how will you be able to measure the impact of each guest announcement ahead of time? You can't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's why you spread it out a little bit. Well, but, I mean... Also, a lot of places that do announce them in clumps, like just throw up a poster with like seven names. Uh, those are just the na poster names, and then they have other guys they do individually. And then usually uh, those conventions circle back around and do individual posts where you're still getting individual reactions to kind of get a gauge and measure of the impact of each. Well, over the first few years, gauging the impact of particular guests has been important for us as we build our foundation. Um, this year, it, going all the way back, if you haven't listened to the archives, uh, our intent this year is to have all of our guests announced uh, as tickets go on sale. Well, at least most of our guests, 95% of our guests announced as tickets go on sale March 13th. Yep. Uh, so we will be making pretty much weekly guest announcements between now and then. And then as we get towards that uh, early March, we're going to make a lot of guest announcements in a short period of time. And I think that's what uh, the question was, is in that short period of time, if we make like six guest announcements in a span of a week, how are we going to be able to track those? Um, and I, I think the approach this year, because we've already done this and we kind of already have a, a good vibe on which guests are going to do well for us, which brands are going to do well mm -hmm. for us, which which guests will perform well we're not really tracking that as much as we have in the past. This time around, it's more like a big festival, like a concert. Uh, New Orleans Jazz Fest, just plucking a big concert out, off the top of my head. They're not tracking the response of each individual band or performer. They're going to announce the whole thing all at once and just know that they put together this gigantic festival and it will do well. They're going to measure year against year. We, going into year six, are kind of to the point that we can measure year against year instead of guest against guest. So I don't think that any of our particular guests, we're going to say, oh, that person did poorly, so we can't book someone like that in the future. That's not the direction that we're going to be taking. We're going to be looking at the entirety of the lineup versus the entirety of next year. Does yeah. that make sense, or is it as lost as my football analogy? Oh, no, that's a good explanation. Plus, you know... Uh we have a lot because we're not a fresh Facebook page. We have a pretty healthy Facebook page that we keep going literally 12 months out of the year. So we always are getting suggestions. We're getting uh, uh, commentary when we post certain kind of com content where we're getting guest information even when you don't think you're giving us feedback about guest information. Well, and, and you make fun of me for all my spreadsheets and everything, but at the end of every year, we do a survey. We do a recap for the ticket buyers and for the vendors, and we want to know who people want to see in the future. And part of that plays into who ends up getting booked for the next year, and that might be more of a, a, that might be a better way to track than Facebook responses when we make a guest announcement. The, the short answer is we keep track of all this stuff in a lot of different ways. It's very complicated, very and, complicated. And I get called a psychopath for it. Well, you are a psycho, but that that's neither here nor there. Uh, the next question is, we explained how to do or, or how I do the equation to come up with the uh, vendor prices. Mm -hmm. They ask, how do you come up with ticket prices? Yeah, Greg, how did, how did you set the ticket price? Well, uh, what we did for the ticket prices is actually we looked at the first year. We looked at the budget for 2015. And when we put 
the budget together with the idea of what our what our costs were going to be and our expected attendance, we worked back into it. We reverse engineered the numbers to figure out if this is our expected attendance, we need this much in a ticket to cover all of our expenses. Mm-hmm. Not all of our expenses because we look at the vendor floor and we figure out what that covers that. But basically everything else, the some travel, of, the food, yeah. all of that Some stuff. of our hard costs. Almost all the hard costs that don't include the venue. Mm-hmm. We basically bake into the tickets. Um, and then over the course of the years, as prices have gone up, those ticket prices have had to go up slightly. Now, you and I actually had a conversation about something completely different during lunch where we talked about how certain ticket outlets are jacking the prices up not based on how much it takes to run an event or run a concert but they're artificially inflating them just so they can make a whole bunch of money yeah and we did we haven't actually done that our ticket prices have gone up slightly but if you go back and look at what it costs the first year in 2015 versus what it costs what it cost last year which will be the same that it is this year we're keeping ticket prices the same i think of what six years we've gone up four or five bucks if that i think it's been five dollar increases we've had to adjust a little bit of how things go when it comes to either kids tickets or vips based on what is coming into vip or we've we've been able to lessen some of the impacts on certain ticket prices by adjusting others uh, and, and part of that was there was a point where we had kids all the way up to 13 getting in free. Uh, and in order to keep the weekend passes down, we've actually just moved that number back to basically industry standard. Uh, and that has helped us kind of level off the ticket prices. And until some of these expenses go up, whether that means, you know, we just invested a whole lot more into the talent this year. If investing more in the talent is going to end up costing us in the long run based on a plateau of ticket numbers, and we want to keep the same kind of talent next year, we'll have to raise those ticket prices. But if if it doesn't work this year, if, if the if the guest lineup isn't what we hope it is and, and the ticket numbers aren't what we hope it is, then maybe next year we'll just bring the guests down a little bit. We'll bring the level down a little, and then that way we won't have to jack up the ticket prices. Yeah, and, you know, as we've said on multiple episodes, uh, sometimes you have to make adjustments and sacrifices on the fly to fit our needs, and that kind of falls into this category where you kind of look at things and go, okay, we've overperformed, we can get away with this. Oh, this kind of slid back, we're going to have to cut this and sacrifice this and do some switch-a-doodles to cover it all. Switch-a-doodles, that is a technical term. That's an industry term. Yeah, that's an industry term. Talk to any pro. But that basically, I mean, your ticket prices, I, what I would say if somebody is thinking about putting on a convention or is putting on a convention, uh, I think we said this last time we talked about the vendors. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't try to cover all of your costs with the tickets. So don't try to cover your vendor costs and your venue costs and, and your flights and everything with the tickets because the tickets are maybe the biggest variable. You don't know until people are inside how many tickets will be sold. Yeah. So you can't bank on future ticket sales because if they never materialize and you've already spent that cash, you're just out. 
And, you know, as a as a fan of these things, if you're planning on going, don't complain about the prices unless they've like trip <laughs> unless they've like tripled on you overnight, like one from 20 bucks to 150. There's probably a good reason that that ticket went up 10 bucks year over year. So don't complain if you support something, if you love it, if you actually enjoy it. Just know much like everything else in the universe, sometimes yeah, the inflation and the markets and blah, blah, blah change, and you just got to pay a little extra. Yeah, it, it does hurt. And, and I mean, we've all gone through it. Everything is getting more and more expensive. But uh, if you do see a high increase now, I will say if you do see a, a drastic increase, I would hope that the, the event is upfront about it and says, like, look, the venue has now tripled its cost. In order for us to put this event on, we need to raise this. Uh, if they don't have an explanation, they don't necessarily owe. I think maybe they kind of do. I think maybe, like, we are very transparent. We try I would feel like we would owe an explanation. If our ticket prices skyrocketed, I feel like we would get, we would get in front of everybody and say, look, here's the deal. This is what's happening. If you want the event to continue, then we're just going to have to deal with it in this way. If not, we will just disappear. So... A couple more to get through. We can probably squeeze in a couple. This one will probably be very quick. Uh, Why doesn't GeekedCon have a cute mascot? Yeah, Greg, why doesn't GeekedCon have a cute mascot other than you? Did you you just call me cute? Well, I mean, you're kind of the cute, goofy, quirky thing that we put on television. That is true. (laughs) Um, Why don't we have a cute mascot? Uh, I I just don't think it's ever come up. I just don't think it's ever... We had a skull that was kind of cute once upon a time. Yeah, the original logo. Uh, no, it wasn't a skull. It was glasses with crossbones. Oh, well, okay, so we had glasses. Um, but I, I just don't know that it's ever come up. Greg, this year I want a gopher. Why, why a gopher? I don't know. It just seems like something very regional. Why would a gopher be regional? I don't think Buc-ies. a gopher's... That's, we don't have a Bucky's. That's regional. I didn't say here. I said regional. Is Bucky a gopher or a beaver? That's a good question. I don't know. I always thought it was a beaver. Yeah, but like the giant like life-size stand that they have in the store kind of resembles a gopher, not I'm a beaver. I'm pretty sure it's a beaver. I don't remember sure seeing a, a beaver tail. I'm pretty confident that Bucky's is a beaver. Well, then we're going to do the half-ass Bucky and have a freaking gopher, all Look, right? To, to be fair, to be fair, if we were going to have a mascot, a cute mascot, I would lobby for a crawfish. Uh, there's already somebody that has a crawfish logo around here. So locally. what? There's like a million things around here that have a crawfish That's logo. That's my point, Greg. We need to be original, which is why we need a gopher. I don't I don't think you know what? I'm I'm sad that I picked that question. I thought that was going to be a fun question, but that question just turned into a a terrible misrepresentation of what Bucky's is, which, by the way, Bucky's is a national GD treasure. Show them some respect. It's just a place to pee. Shut your mouth and buy beef jerky. I'm gonna turn your beef jerky is pretty solid. Mm. Uh, okay, so this one's a little bit longer, and this one will play into um, this. We'll have to probably just cut it up. Well, no, we we can get a couple more in maybe. Um, it's a long question. Oh boy, and it's directly related to last week's, and it's directly related to our show. Hmm. do panels still matter without exclusive videos or big mcu star wars guests what are they there for well we've been talking about this (laughs) uh this is 
<laughs> I, I think what what we both kind of agreed on is that panels, unless you're doing like a big movie trailer release or you got something super special and exclusive, it, are basically just podcast. I mean, I, it's not really even a podcast because we can freeform and free flow whatever we want to on a podcast. It's more like an interview. It's like a straight up interview. Well, that's what I mean. Like those interview podcasts, like, uh, you know, Billy West sits down to talk to Mark Marin. Like, probably. Would, uh, yeah, I don't know. I see it as different because usually on a podcast, unlike this one, you care about the people who are talking. So, like on Mark <laughs> Marin, you care about Mark Marin's stories as it relates to someone like Billy West. You care about Joe Rogan's reaction to whoever he's talking to you you're like a you're a fly on the wall in a conversation between two people that you're interested in uh a lot of times the panel you're really only interested in the one person and a lot of the questions even on a podcast too you can ask some things and say some things to a person because of the level of comfort on a podcast that you can say things or ask questions that asking in front of an audience to a celebrity you don't know is probably off-putting do people have that fear? Because I just literally asked Billy West everything that was in my head. Yeah, but but you can't do that with everybody. I mean, we're to the point now where we have guests, a lot of guests this year, who cross out things like panel discussion. They just they line it out in the contract, and basically, I'm not doing a panel. Yeah, I mean, there are, what, three specific guests on our board right now who would be who would probably be the panels people would show up for. They were like, yeah, we, we, I don't really want to do that. Right, and that's, and that's where we're at with the Crossroads. And we're not alone. We've heard from a lot of other um, uh, events who are in the same boat where they're getting a lot of the bigger guests that people would want to hear from who are just not interested in doing panels. Uh, for us, this is something that has come up quite a bit, and I'm sure that's why we got the question because we just spent almost an entire episode talking about it. But now that it's a week later and we've talked about it more – I would say we're probably, and we got a ton of response from people online too. Ton of response from GeekCon uh, ticket buyers and supporters who said, I don't care about the panels. Do away with the panels. I would rather see video game tournaments. I would rather see card games. I would rather do something interactive than panels that I don't attend. And I also saw the other one, and they had some good points where. You know, well, like, if we didn't have panels, I wouldn't have got to spend so much time with Michael Rooker and blah, which, which, is, I, I, which is also fair. But for us, as a business trying to evolve and best utilize our space, it's like, okay, are we going to have a room where uh, that costs us a lot of money to run that only services maybe at most 200 people out of the 13,000 people that come through? Or do we want to try something different that might even service a thousand or two thousand or five thousand of those people? But for every Michael Rooker panel, there's just some boring. There's there's six that only have twenty people show up. Yep. And so you know we might lose a magical Michael Rooker type panel, but Michael Rooker is like one of a kind. That even is true. other. So basically, at this point, the guess, the size of Michael Rooker that we are that we've been talking to for the last few months. Those guests that size, they don't want to do panels anymore. So it's it's a crossroads we are at. At this point, I feel like we are leaning towards not having a panel room this year. We'll find out more officially tomorrow. Possibly. Uh, well, you people won't, but Greg and I will. Maybe. I don't know. Their decisions will be made soon. They have to be made soon uh, because we have to plan for it. All right. This will be the last one. Because uh, I don't know how far, how deep we can go into this one, but when is a guest 
too much trouble. Ha! Oh boy, how how can we answer this? Here's a what we we've had some uh, we've had some very disruptive guests uh, that we will never ever 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 consider booking again. But with that said, they were sort of fun to have. Yeah, maybe fun for you. You didn't get the scolding about cutting off bottle service in the middle of the night at a hotel room. <laughs> oh, bother. Um, but I'm just saying, like, overall, it could have been a lot worse than uh, what actually happened to... Uh, I just feel bad for Crystal. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there's that one, too. We, we, we've had a few guest handlers that uh, are not thrilled to be guest handlers in the future because of experiences they've had with certain guests. But... Uh, you know, we won't book them again. There's one in particular that really uh, I wish we wouldn't have booked. But otherwise, no one's I, been more tr- – <laughs> there's been some close ones. You know, I'm actually thinking now that I think about that question more, I wonder if maybe we're reading that question the wrong way. Because I'm, I'm thinking of the conversations that we've had on the podcast as of late. I wonder if they're talking about when booking a guest, at what point does it become too much trouble? Uh, because it, we just told the stories about guests saying, yeah, I'm in, oh, no, I'm out, yeah, I'm back in. Oh, the Lou Ferrigno saga. Yeah. I, I Lou was not a problem, by the way. Just no, for the record, no. following that, it was just... It, it he, was just a weird circumstance. It was yeah. a, weird, a, a weird way that it worked out. Um, if someone's a problem while trying to get a hold of them and go through the booking process, we usually just cut off communication and like, yeah, that's... Not cut off communication. No, we usually say, uh, you know, hey, it's it's clearly not going to work out this year. Maybe we can do something next year. And that's if they're coming to us. Uh, I, I actually have an example in my mind that I just thought about from this year, which actually is a booking that we've talked about for the last few years. Um, th- this is an example of when a guest becomes too much trouble and we don't book them. We approached a guest two years ago. And they had a number. We won't even say the number. Maybe we'll make up some fake numbers. Let's make up some really, really low fake numbers to represent other numbers. They said thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Very low by comparison. But we're using these very low fake numbers. Oh, I know who you're talking about. They said thousand yeah. dollars, and we said, uh, you know, maybe. Uh, but maybe we'll think about it. You know, we'll think about it for a little while. And then some other offers came in that were. A little bit better, and we said, okay, next year we will definitely consider this. So we went back the following year, same guest, and said, hey, you know, we we really missed you last year. If you can do that $1,000 offer, again, very low fake number. If you can do $1,000, we can make this happen. And they came back and said, you know what? Uh, It's no longer 1000 it's now 2000 And so we had the same situation where we stepped back and said, okay – is 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 this number does this make sense let's look at everything let's bust out 19 spreadsheets punch it in see if it makes sense and then as things were coming in other offers other guests came in other contracts and suddenly those made more sense than this two thousand dollar again very low fake number and so we said you know uh, next year we'll we'll look at it again next year and then this year was that next year and we went back to this guest and said you know what we're ready to do this. You, that $2,000, again, very low fake number. We are prepared for that. $2,000 for the weekend, let's do it. And the guest came back and said, 
yeah, you know what? Uh, I've been thinking about it, and it's now $2,000 per day. So for your event, it would be $4,000. Again, very low fake numbers. Semi-fake. Very low fake numbers. By these are very low by comparison to the the actual numbers that we're talking about. Well, it's a multiple of the actual. It's number. it's a yeah. So <laughs> so they came back and said four thousand dollars. So we started out two years ago at a thousand, very low fake number, and then got to two thousand, very low fake number, and then all of a sudden four thousand, very low fake number. It doubled every year for three years, to the point where now it doesn't make any sense. In short, Greg's afraid of ghosts. You're horrifying today. You're terrible. But that is when, uh, I guess, if that's the answer to it. Like, there are other answers to when a guest becomes too much. Your answer was more on location. Mine is more in the booking process. Hopefully one of those two covered the answer. If the guest is passed out in the public restroom, then it's too much. And, yes, we have had that happen. We're not going to mention names. You are being a... You are going to get us in a lot of trouble on this podcast. I mean, there's only a handful of people that could smell that liquor. Wow. Okay. Um, so moving on. You <laughs> wanted to talk about film or adapt. Explain what it was that you came in here flying on fire asking did, about. Well, you're like, hey, what are we going to talk about? I said, let's talk about comic book adaptations, movies, TV series, cartoons, uh, television shows, whatever the case may be, whatever your favorites are. We don't have to do a top five or do an official list, just things we enjoy. This is so hard because... Is it, though? Is all it? right, fine. Not a list. Not a list. Just throw out a comic book adaptation you enjoy. Well, one that I wrote up on our website yesterday, geekcon.com, the Spawn animated series. Holy crap, is it good. If you've never watched it, it was an HBO series that ran from 97 to 99. That was just freaking phenomenal. Uh, it just aired on an area, uh, in an era at midnight on HBO when nobody really had HBO. So, you know, not a lot of people know about it. But if you go back and watch it, it's free on Amazon Prime. It's on HBO Go and all that stuff. It is phenomenal. You didn't actually want to talk about comic book adaptations. You literally just wanted to talk about the Spawn animated series. You were trying to find a reason to. No. That is one. <laughs> you would not start with Spawn the animated series. It's just on my mind because I literally just wrote it up on, up on the website. All of the things you could have started with. Batman The movies. animated series. Uh Batman the Animated Series was fantastic, and it apparently is going to serve as an inspiration for the new movie, which I'm pretty pumped about. Hopefully, Danny Elfman doing the score again would be incredible. Uh, Daredevil on Netflix. What really spawned this conversation is Spawn. the Super Bowl ad for the new Marvel or uh, Disney Plus shows. Your uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Uh, WandaVision, which I originally thought was WakandaVision. And yeah, was, I don't know how you messed that up. You thought it was a Black Panther show. I literally thought it was a Black, like covering their technology and stuff. I was super pumped for it. And then I saw the ad and I was like, that's not what it is at all. Whoops. And uh, uh, Loki. That's that's what spawned all this. I'm over here trying to come up with like the best comic book film adaptations. And you're just finding a reason to shoehorn in. Spawn the animated series. I can't believe that. Hey, everybody should watch it. 
But uh, The Watchmen, both the TV show and movie, were phenomenal. See, now, and, and there, that's something we can talk about because I've always loved The Watchmen movie. Not always. Since I saw the director's cut, I've loved it. I didn't hate the original theatrical release either, but The Watchmen movie doesn't get enough respect. That's I don't know why people hate Zack Snyder so much. And in that same vein, and I know you'll disagree with this one, I love Keanu Reeves' Constantine movie. I don't dislike that movie. I just don't think it's a great adaptation of the character. I I enjoy the movie. I just think of it as, oh, that guy happens to be named John Constantine, too. That's weird. So, uh, see, I I picked up on... I felt like it was a good comic book adaptation because the whole idea of adaptation is that you're adapting the source material to a new media. It, if you were just ripping it scene for scene, dialogue for dialogue, concept for concept, then it wouldn't really be an adaptation. It would just be a copy. Well, see, like the TV series, I thought was did a was a great job adapting the material and just was the best representation of the characters, uh, the the concepts, uh, the magic that uh, and universe Constantine, like the character, the Hellblazer deals with, whereas opposed to the movie, which was. A little weird and a lot different than the uh, Vertigo storylines. I I loved the movie. Again, I think the movie is highly. I like the movie. I just don't consider it a uh, true form Constantine movie. If you want to talk about purest form, if you want to talk about like scene for scene, shot for shot, dialogue for dialogue adaptation of comic books, then the only true answer is X Men: The Animated Series, because it was almost exactly lifted. Like everything in there was. Uh, almost a direct translation of the comic books. It was maybe the most true, and maybe that's what we should have said. If, if I think what you're looking for is what adaptation stayed most true to source no, material. I'm just talking about good versions of comic book characters. Well, in Constantine other- was a great version of Hellblazer. It was a version. I wouldn't say it was a great version. I don't like your tone in this conversation. I don't like your tone in this entire pocket. We're moving towards a fight. Hey. Yesterday, I wrote an entire, well, day before last, I wrote an entire post dedicated to Bill and Ted. So don't try to uh, uh, peg me as a Keanu Reeves hater. Why do you hate Keanu Reeves? I don't. I wish I had $9,000 to buy that uh, Bill and Ted uh, phone booth. So I don't even know if we should take one of these story things out of our Chewbacca head. We're running late. We're running a little late. Let's see if I can, I'll, I'll look at the first one, and if it's something that I think we can get through within less than five minutes, then we'll do it. If I think it's going to take more than five minutes, I'll put it back. Um, By the way, the Batman movie sounds incredible. I'm pretty pumped about it. I think this one will take... Let's try again. That one will take longer than five minutes. Let's try this one. I'm going to keep talking about the Batman movie because I love the story. Apparently, the costume is going to be killer. Okay. Uh, this one we can probably get done in uh, less than five minutes, and I think I know my answer right away. Okay. Uh, favorite cosplay you've seen at a geek con? Was that at GeekCon? I can tell you mine while you think about yours. I know the person. I just don't know if she did it at GeekCon or not. Okay. Well, let me launch into mine. Uh, We had a guy last year who came in dressed as a Nuka-Cola machine. Yes, I saw that. From Fallout. And it was one of the most incredible cosplays I've ever seen in my life. It was completely lit up. It was completely articulate. It was like it came off a movie set. Yes. And it, like, this guy, I don't know how many hours he had to spend on this thing, but 
it was maybe the most intricate and movable. And we've seen some great ones, too. Yeah. We saw an orc. Uh, <laughs> yes, we did. There have been giant cosplays. There have been very good articulate cosplays. But that one sticks out in my mind because I, I've i seen videos. I've been to other conventions. I've seen videos from other conventions. That guy could have won New York Comic Con cosplay. Yeah, it was damn good. It was that good. Yeah. What was uh, the one you were thinking of? Uh, our friend Hannah uh, came, I'm 90% certain it was to one of ours, uh, as Hellboy. That was just incredible. She had the black hair and the cigar and the, and the red hand. I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty sure she wore that to ours. I'm Now I'm having the same problem. See, like, now she went from being, like, a fan to one of our, our uh, uh, cosplay guests usually every year, and I can't remember if I saw it on her page where it was just like, hey, this is a thing I did, or if she actually wore it to one of our shows. Yeah. The, but Hannah's awesome. She's got a, a few that were just killer, but that one might be my favorite. And that's one of my favorite things about cosplay is that when you when you take a character and you, like, gender swap the character. So, like, Hellboy obviously is a boy. Hannah is a girl. And she basically made Hell Girl. And I, I love those kind of... Well, and she didn't make, like, sexy Hell Girl that... Uh, Right, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't like It was just a baller ass costume no matter what gender or human being was in there. Like you could slap that exact stuff on any human being and it would have been an incredible uh, incredible cosplay. Those are the ones that I like that aren't just like, "Hey, look at my assets." Or <laughs> check out my abs. Like, you know, they actually are articulated, intricate, amazing costumes and she knocked that one out the park. We have seen a lot of great cosplay uh, at GeeksCon, and we're excited to see what people come up with this yes. year. Again, GeeksCon is in Shreveport, Louisiana this August. Uh, you can find details at geekcon.com. Download the GeekCon mobile app. Uh, Peter Fascinelli. Peter Fascinelli has been announced, hopefully by this point. Um, and if not, run to your social media and tell everybody that you know before anyone else, uh, and you'll look like a genius for downloading this podcast. Uh, go download our mobile app in the iTunes Store, the Google Play Store, and make sure to subscribe and like this podcast wherever you found it. And visit our website, geekcon.com, because it's awesome! <laughs>